When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Manchester is Red podcast here by the Manchester Evening News. I am your host Ash Barami and I am pleased to be joined by Charlotte Dunker. Hello. And Tyrell Marshall. Hello. How are we doing guys? Yeah, not very bad, good. Thank you. Very, very good. Very well, thank you. It's day on now from United's nil-nil draw against Liverpool, Charlotte. And I mean, review going over that game, apart from the injuries in the first half, it was a pretty disappointing game, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it wasn't the spectacle everyone was hoping for. And if you go back over the years, um, United have got a very good record against Liverpool at Old Trafford. And there was definitely a lot of optimism, I think, from the fans um, that they could, given the current form, go and go and beat Jurgen Klopp's side. And especially after the hurt in December that was inflicted on their travelling supporters, it was a time for them to get their own back, but it just didn't happen. But I think... On reflection, if you ask most United fans, they'd be happy with the point, especially once the mood seemed to change once the team sheet had dropped. I think there was a lot of optimism before the team sheet dropped and then you found out there was the injury to Matic. No disrespect to Scott McTominay, but there was a lot of panic. I thought he played very well, to be honest. There was a lot of concern that he was coming in, changing that midfield three, which has worked so well for United since Solskjaer came over in the last 13 games or so to change that the basis of your team and the way they were going to play bear in mind Jesse Lingard was on the bench Anthony Martial wasn't involved at all I think the mood changed so if you consider that and obviously all the, the then the freak injury three injuries in the first half I think on reflection it is probably a, a good point for United yeah and Ty, Ty you were at the game reporting on it um, would you say it's a good point for United in the circumstances yeah definitely definitely you know considering they were playing a team now top of the league going for the title and, and to suffer the amount of bad luck that United did in the build up to the game and then during the first half basically play the second half with 10, 10 and a half men every time Rashford made a, a run or a sprint he hobbled away from it so you know to, to go through that I think you have to say it's a, a fantastic point if you'd have told United fans the day before that McTominay would play 90 minutes and Pereira would play the best part of 70 in midfield then you know, I think they'd have feared the worst and I don't think you'd have got many expecting a clean sheet out of it. So, yeah, it was a really good performance. It was a gutsy performance. There's a lot of character on show. Um, you know, it, it was a tick in the box for Solskjaer as well. He showed he could reorganise a team. That half-time team talk, when you've made so many changes, when you've got another player who's carrying an injury, must have been very difficult. And, you know, he was really sort of micromanaging it second half. So it's a tick in the box for him that he's managed to to reorganise it and still, you know, they are probably the better team in the second half, had the better chances at least and, you know, they defended resiliently for all Liverpool's sort of possession last 20 minutes or so maybe that there was never, you know, it never looked like they were going to particularly score. Because that was a problem against PSG, wasn't it? The injuries affected the flow of the game yeah. and then once he made the substitutions, even, even though they had a half-time break to come, whatever was said in that half-time team talk wasn't enough to implement the second half, yeah. like have an impact on the second half performance. Whereas like you just said there, 
they had to make very bold changes and big decisions and there were big players that went off like it wasn't Scott McTominay that's gone off it was Herrera mm. who's been one of United's best players at in the, in the last few months and you'd expect him to have been up there vying for the man of the match he he had to go off Mata and then Lingard was another blow but arguments whether he should have even come on in the first yeah. place yeah I noticed as well a bit of criticism Solskjaer was getting on social media at the time when he, Lingard did come off how much of a damning assessment do you think that is for Alexis Sanchez when you've got an injured player someone who clearly wasn't 100% coming off the, coming on the bench and also Pereira who is pretty much just a backup player for United that Sanchez I think the problem on. is we don't know to what level Lingard was fit because didn't he come on in like the 24th it was early yeah 24th so he said he said Solskjaer said he wasn't fit enough to play the full 90 is what he said wasn't it yeah. so it's just he You've got to hope that Solskjaer must have been confident enough in his fitness abilities to put him on rather than thinking a 60% fit Jesse Lingard is better than a 100% mm. fit Alexis Sanchez because if that if that's his thought process, then there isn't really a future for Sanchez at the club if they're going to pe- play someone who's not fit ahead of him. Yeah. I think, and you know, if he's not fit to play 90 minutes, then he's probably not particularly fit to play 70. So in that yeah. regard, it was an unusual move, but he is the more obvious replacement for, for Mata. Sanchez is, in theory, a more direct, wide player, a bit more, you know, run at players. Well, they changed formation, didn't they? Yeah, whereas Lingard can kind of knit it all together for a midfield. At his best, he's like having a midfielder and attacker on with, with his intelligence. And he's more of a... You would think of him as more like-for-like like replacement for Mata. If you put Sanchez on for Mata, I think that's a more attacking move. And if an already had, you know, a couple of injuries, I think that would have been more of a risk. So that's probably why he's done it. But... I think it was a big ask to get Lingard through 70 minutes. but and it's backfired. It has backfired, but had it not backfired, we wouldn't have been talking about it. You know, it was a freak circumstances that he did his hamstring again in that challenge with Fabinho. And, it, you know, it's just one of those things. But it was a risk from the manager, but I'm sure he spoke to the medical team about it. I'm sure he spoke to Lingard about it. And Adam obviously felt he could do 70 minutes, but just was didn't no, work There was no Chelsea, Chelsea-esque drama, was there? No, you know, not like, quite. No. Lingard, you're going to go on, no, I'm not. Imagine, yeah. it could, could have been the total opposite of what we saw in the Carabao yeah. Cup final. Please don't put me on. No one would do that, Ollie, would they? No, it's too, na- just too seems, nice. It just seems too nice. It's too loved. It's too well loved. But after the game as well, I mean, was it Jurgen Klopp who came out and said that the, the, the injuries almost, I mean, you think United would complain about the injuries, but Jurgen Klopp said it almost, it had damaged Liverpool in a way that it upset the rhythm of the game and affected his players. It just seems like Bizarre, he it? has to come up with a different excuse every time. It's been the grass, it's been the wind, it's been what, like the injuries, because I was, we were obviously waiting to see what he was going to say, give, give his assessment of the game and from their perspective from a Liverpool camp's perspective they've got to be disappointed that United were there for the taking and they didn't take it like if you can't beat that what that team came out they must have been so excited and thinking yeah we could, we're going to go top here clear by three points they couldn't grind out a result against I'm not saying it was United's second string but a lot of the team was yeah, yeah I mean you, you can kind of you can kind of see where he's coming from and it did disrupt the flow of the first half but I think sometimes as a manager, you've just even if you think that is the case, and it may well be the case, sometimes as a manager, you've just got to think, I'm best off just not saying this. 
because he is just going to come across. But they were replaced as... by players who arguably weren't as good as the ones that were on in the first place. So surely that's going to and understand <coughs> that they've got a game plan to, I don't know, man Mark Pogba, and then someone's going to be on Herrera. Fine, but then you yeah, just they were. then you just switch the players. Yeah, yeah, you do. There's a strong argument for that, but uh, you know. The, the, the first half was a complete non-event yeah. because of those injuries and Liverpool did suffer one themselves as well um, I, I'm sure if any manager has to play against a team that's made three substitutions in a first half it, yeah, it's gonna throw it, it is going to throw them off but you know, by saying it, you are just opening yourself up to making yourself look stupid and if you're going to win the Premier League you're going to have to be yeah. able to adapt your team to come up at whatever circumstances yeah. come you come up against in a game someone gets sent off three players get injured what, whatever happens if you're good enough to win the Premier League you should be able to adapt to, to fit whatever circumstances yeah. in front of you fundamentally it might have made life trickier or given them something to adapt but they still should have gone on and won the game so you know had they gone on and won the game and he'd said that you might, it might not be such a big issue but that's where they you know they failed they should have come to terms with it quicker they should have found a way to, to take control and, and dominate the game and win it but they couldn't and they got nowhere near really yeah and one player who didn't go off was Luke Shaw man of the match performance pocketed Mohamed Salah who actually got substituted himself he's really coming on this season isn't he Luke Shaw in terms of his his maturing and he's becoming a top top left back isn't he yeah and I think it says a lot about him as a person that it was well known that Jose Mourinho wanted to buy a left back they wanted strengthen in that position and what does that say about him they obviously Mourinho didn't have much confidence in him and it was, it's not just been under Solskjaer that he's improved. He's, I think the whole season, Lukaku said, didn't he, in his mixed zone quotes, that he's up there for one of the players of the mm. season. And he is at the minute, because if you look, if you go back the whole season, there was players like Pogba who've disappointed for the first half. Obviously, he's been excellent since, but across the whole span, who's been consistent? And you, I'd say he's up there with, with the best in the team. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... It- you know, he's had, this is his. He's already played the most games in a Premier League season in his time at United this season. You know, I think he played sixteen in his first season. Then, obviously, since then, he's had his issues with injury, his, his issues with not being selected, a bit of tough love, whatever you want to call it, from Mourinho. But you know, this has undoubtedly been his most consistent season so far. He is. He's still only twenty three, and you know, when they signed him from Southampton, he was one of, if not the hottest left back prospect in Europe so there's no reason to think he can't kick on from there and get back to that level he's a very modern fullback and that he can get forward as well as as well as defend he said it was probably his best game defensively yesterday he did keep Salah very quiet with help from Lindelof it should be said and you know I mean left back's one area that I'd well, certainly in terms of starters that United don't need to look at because Luke Shaw if he can carry on like this and he said he said after the match that he thinks there's still more to come from him you know he can make that slot his own for for years and years if he can keep going at this rate and that says a lot doesn't it and he's managed to change United's transfer strategy just by digging in working hard in pre-season taking himself off he went to Dubai didn't he and did that those training mm. took a United coach with him to Dubai to do that extra training before pre-season even started it's through his commitment and determination and hard work testament to him that mm. he's done that and changed the transfer strategy really L- Lukaku said yesterday that he was at the World Cup with Belgium and Russia and was getting messages from Shaw of videos while Shaw was in New York of him just doing running and doing various fitness exercises and he thought then you know we're going to see a different player this season and I think United definitely have yeah how many I'll ask 
put this question to both of you. I mean, how many, which positions do you think have been nailed down going into the summer onwards of players that you think that United have made that position on? Well, we were discussing this before, we weren't were, we? We were, we were. Obviously, two I can think of straight away is obviously David De Gea, possibly Luke Shaw, I mean, if you... Yeah, if that's Victor what you Lindelof, think. I'd say. Yeah. Um, right back's an interesting one. There's nothing wrong with Ashley Young at the minute, but he's getting older and older, isn't he? But then, then Delo's come in, so if you think... It depends how he fares in his second mm. season. He's not been given as many chances, understandably, this season, but the same happened with Lindelof. If he can do a Lindelof next season, then United aren't going to need to buy another right-back. And you'd hope that, given they've spent money to bring a right-back in, that that's looking forward to the future because he's, what, 19 years old? Yeah. So yeah. still going to be young next season, but maybe half and half with Ashley Young, you'd imagine they wouldn't be right, buying a right-back. But then... What do we say? One one world-class midfielder. Yeah. <laughs> but then you need backup in midfield as well, like squad players. Yeah. Midfield's a tricky one. I mean, I was... We were talking about it because I was kind of comparing it to, you know, United are closer to the top at this stage of this season than Liverpool were at this stage last season. Liverpool have gotten a title race through a very good summer transfer window and signing Van Dijk last year. They had two major, major issues in their squad or in their first 11 in terms of goalkeeper and defender. So just spent a shed load of money on signing the best players they could get in that position. They didn't have much depth in midfield, which you'd say is an issue for United as well. So they signed Fabinho, Keita, got Shaqiri in pretty cheap, and suddenly you've got more depth. There's nothing wrong, I don't think, with United's current three starting midfielders. The issue is you've got, there's a huge drop-off once they go out. That was shown the, yesterday, yeah, wasn't it? it was, yeah. That, if... if if there's anything to take from that game yesterday, it was highlighted that there isn't the strength and depth of squad needed. If United want to push on and challenge for the title next season, the season after, it needs to be a squad rebuild as much as a, yeah. never mind, just all right, spending £90 million to bring in Bali, for example, at the back. That's absolutely fine. They do need to spend that sort of money to buy a Van Dyke-esque sort of mm. player, but they need to be bringing in these 20, 30 million pound players who can be trusted to and are good enough to step up when needed. Yeah, I think if they signed a world-class centre-back, you know, if they spent 150 to 200 million on a world-class centre-back and another world-class attacker and then signed two centre midfielders that are on a level of match and Herrera maybe strengthened uh, in, you know at left back and gave Shaw some some competition and a reasonable stand in then I don't think as Liverpool have shown I don't think you're far off being in a title race there but it's easier said than done to get all of those positions right and to get that recruitment right but what Liverpool have shown although it didn't look at yesterday you know somehow they are in this title race so what it has shown is that you know United can in one transfer window transform themselves from the position they're in now to be in title challenges next season if they get it right this summer yeah and in terms of players who can be trusted I mean Scott McTominay played yesterday he started the game yesterday do you think he has earned that right now I mean he put he put in a good shift against the team that's top of the league and you'd think he's he's almost just just fine why he got given that contract with that performance yesterday Charlotte yeah I, I thought uh, he played very well yesterday. I thought he he did a good job. They're both laughing at me because I was quite critical when the when the team news came out. I would like to think I wasn't the only person who thought, "Oh dearie me, Scott no, McTominay no, has come definitely. in to take over from Matic, who's been pretty solid in the last two months." I think there might have been some panic amongst the match going United fans um, when they saw his name, but. 
credit where credit's due. I thought he he was solid. He had a good game. Should he be um, a regular in United starting eleven? No, he shouldn't because that's not his fault. There are better players ahead of him in in the pecking order, but he's shown that he is capable to step up and the way that it's going, no doubt he'll be starting on Wednesday against Crystal Palace as well. Yeah, and Solskjaer post-match Taiwan, he compared him to, Solskjaer compared uh, McTominay to Dan Fletcher, a good United player from the past. I mean, what would you you make of that performance? And I mean, I know you wrote a piece when he signed that contract defending McTominay, but what what, what do you make of that performance? Yeah, I thought thought he played well. I thought he was good. Yeah, I thought he was the player who devised the desk. Yeah, very much so. Very <laughs> much so. Towers. He's. Um, I think he's the type of player that you saw United have a lot of under Fergie. Players who come through the system who, if they left United, would probably end up at a lower end Premier League, maybe even mid table Championship team. Yeah, they're perfectly good enough to be fifth choice, sixth choice, to fill in in certain games when required happy to fulfil that role at United and can offer something and also you know it, it's a link it's a link to the academy it gives kids in the academy belief that they can make it he Rashford understands what the club that. needs Rashford can do that and is I'll give you that he's slightly better than McTominay but you know you need a squad if you're going to challenge on four fronts you need a big squad and you need players who are happy to play the role of fifth or sixth yeah, choice yeah and that's that's interesting that you say that isn't it because it's if he's happy to do that, like he's still a young player, yeah. looking at your prospects, what he needs to decide what what he's prioritising in his career and his life because. Mm. In reality, he's never going to be a first-choice starter for Manchester United. No. And if by some absolute fluke they go through a whole season, next season, for example, with Pogba, Herrera and Matic, and they buy someone else new and they all remain fit for the whole season, he's barely going to get any playing minutes. Mm. Like Solskjaer had him playing for the 23s a couple of weeks ago. So it's whether he's happy to play at that level or to go to a lower league um Premier League side or a side in the championship that's Ooh. challenging to come up and play we, he could be there one of their key players and surely obviously I'm not a footballer so I don't know surely you'd rather that and be someone star man helping in a promotion push to get out of the championship than to be not in the squad like nine games out of ten <sighs> yeah I, uh, I mean it's a difficult one isn't it there are players yeah. who are happy to just be squad yeah. players and especially when you're mm. a squad player at a club like Manchester United where you've come through the ranks and if you're getting 10, 12 games a season you know then maybe you would take that I think there were a lot of players like him under Fergie who would find a role at United it saved the club money in the transfer market in terms of buying players in Dan Fletcher's a perfect example I mean for years example who stayed at United when he probably could have left when he wasn't getting many games and eventually became and he was heavily important. he used to be heavily criticised as well and then he made himself he, yeah, important he did. Yeah. and yeah. then he was a loss in that Champions League final in Rome everyone yeah. was gutted that he, could, he couldn't he could play in it and that's mm. that he is a prime example of someone who just <coughs> stuck in and, and yeah. was when he was called upon he did a job so maybe McTominay can be the new Darren Fletcher yeah but. he's you know, he's an early years Darren Fletcher, you would say at the moment, in that he's someone who you look at and you think he's not going to make it at United in, as a first teamer, and he's probably not, but he's still got something to offer in certain games. And, ne- you know, ne- if we reach this point in next season, United are still in four competitions, and they said they've had three games in a week for the last 
three months, there's going to be games where you think, I need to give these lads a rest. Scott, you're playing. Yeah. And you know you can depend on him. Charlotte's a believer now. I think, I think we've I converted her. I'm a Scott McTominay believer. Yeah. Well, after I got called the Scott McTominay of the podcast, I feel like I have to like, <laughs> champion my own namesake. None of us here said that, so it, that's all right. <laughs> it's, it's that time again. It's oh, time for our weekly the quiz. quiz. Yeah. The weekly quiz, quiz I, question. I don't think I've got one right. So I'm not holding out much hope no, for this, I'm to be not. honest. Well, and Samuel's not here. You could get this one. You both could get this one. He yeah, talks us up nice, so if we don't, yeah. we're going to look pretty useless, yeah. aren't we? So the question is, and this is, this is a more gen- general Premier League one based off the weekend. Okay. So well, the last time a Premier League club made three changes before half time in the Premier League there, if it's about it. was but we're going to go Hold to a that. break uh, alright you've given me a clue I have given you a clue <laughs> we're going to go to a break and obviously the answer isn't United I'm talking before that yeah, yeah. so we'll go to a break and we'll come back with the answer hello and welcome back to the Manchester is Red podcast before we left you we gave you the question of the last time a Premier League team made three changes before half time and Tyrone was the first one to put his hand up with the answer. If I, if I answer the But team, Charlotte wants to jump in. Because I feel like I'm going to get it right <laughs> and I never get a question right. So my guess is Burnley. But then Ty can do the details. It maybe was. Of, maybe of the three players. The answer was? Ooh, it was Burnley. The answer was Burnley. Newcastle, New Year's yeah. Day 2015. I was there in my former life, my old paper covering Burnley. Uh, who were the three players? What actually happened for them? I'm presuming they were all injuries. They were all injuries. Uh, Kevin Long played the Jesse Lingard role that day. Long, Long had been at Burnley for years and barely ever got a kick. He was a bit like Scott McTominay in a way in that regard. He, um, you know, he was very much a fringe player and he, they were already short centre-halves that day. He was on the bench. One of the central defenders got injured. I don't know which one. So he came on for his Premier League debut and within 10 minutes or so had done his cruciate knee ligament and was out for about a year and was stretched off before half-time. So yeah, they they had to make all three. I actually tweeted about this during the game yesterday. So if Charlotte had been following my tweets or had had notifications set up on my tweets... Really sorry. I'll make uh, make sure I have push notifications (laughs) set up for every time you tweet. She would have known this. But um, Bernie were 2-0... Down at half time, maybe they were behind anyway. A couple of times, I think they lost their captain, Jason Shackle. That's it. He was the first. He was the centre half. After fifteen after minutes, yeah. Then did they lose him? Kevin lose? Long lasted just twenty minutes. So his replacement. So similar, like Jesse Lingard yeah, Long came in the Lingard on. Yeah. Role. yeah. Uh, and then he was stretched off, and they also lost Dean Marnie Dean Mar- to illness. Was he just being sick or something? Illness. I can't remember, to be honest. Oh, I don't remember. Sound him, great, I don't it? remember him being sick, but it was New Year's Day, so a lot of us were. <laughs> uh, but Burnley used it as a... It's similar in a way, I suppose, to United. Burnley used it as like a... Almost a backs-to-the-wall unifying force, and they were behind a couple of times, already struggling with injuries, and they came back. I think they were behind twice and came back to draw three all. Oh. And it was very unexpected. And, you know, I suppose United, in a way... Kind of did the same in the second half yesterday. It they, could have been your piece, couldn't it? Could have been my piece, Manchester actually. Manchester United took a leaf out of Burnley's, Burnley's book. book. Yeah. Everyone would have read that. Oh, yeah, it's got, got huge audience <laughs> possibilities there, hasn't it? <laughs> well, there you have it then. <laughs> For the people, that, well, we, we were wondering yesterday in the office, have we ever seen that before, three subs before half-time? I was surprised when I found out it was only 2015 the last time it happened. Yeah, well, I, would, well, I wonder when the last time it happened before then was, because it can't happen very often. Maybe it's, maybe it's, maybe I'm the, I'm the link here. 
it's probably only been two times you're going to be banned from the Old Trafford press box at this rate that's going to be yeah. that's going to be a problem isn't it? that's going to be interesting isn't it <laughs> sorry you're the bad luck charm yeah. that makes three injuries happen before the break can't get to any games anymore <laughs> to watch them all on telly hopefully it doesn't happen again in for United anyway but um, so moving on we're going to look at Palace Wednesday night yeah Palace away Charlotte I think you'll be there covering it I for will. the Manchester Evening News um, there's going to be a few injury problems going to that game obviously as we've just mentioned what sort of side do you expect to maybe see what kind of changes do you see someone like Alexis Sanchez coming in or do you see him on the bench again maybe yeah I, th- I think we counted up and there's potentially nine injuries going into the game um, Martial wasn't deemed fit enough to even be on the bench so given the current injury situation I don't think it would be advisable to rush him back if he's not 100% fit so maybe it would be another case of him being on the bench again Rashford's not going to play by the sounds of what Solskjaer said of the state that he was in after the game then you're without Mata Herrera Matic back four stays the same so that's easy you'd imagine people are calling for the kids to be called up and I just can't see that he's going to I can't see he's going to start the likes of Chong, Gomez, Greenwood great for them if they get to be in the squad which given how many injuries there are the likelihood is they're going to be in the travelling squad but Solskjaer said a couple of weeks ago when he was asked about giving those sorts of young players a chance the the fan favourites that people want to see like Chong that there's other players in the squad who don't get enough minutes as it is so I don't think they're suddenly going to leapfrog them so Sanchez yeah definitely you'd, you'd like to see him start Andreas Pereira is the one that he could he could play up front he could play either either side of mm. if you could play a front three of <sighs> um, Lukaku Sanchez and Andreas Pereira and then Pogba, McTominay, Fred, Fred. in midfield. So Fred's, Fred's not getting any minutes. It could be time for him to step in. And the good thing is that because they know about the injuries that they've got now is that they've got two sessions to work on a plan. It's not, they're not going to be going into the Liverpool game like they did. Matic's injury came quite late on. That was late to then tweak the game plan. It's not, you'd hope they're not going to have the same situation where they have three players going off injured before half time so if they have those players and they're building a team plan around those players then mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a difficult game to be honest uh, yeah definitely I think Palace you know, Palace won four at Leicester at the weekend they've been in pretty good form of late they're always a tough team to play at Salas Park so I think it will be a tough game it, it, it's going to be a very difficult team selection for if you want front three then Sanchez and Lukaku have to play it's just a case of who goes alongside and Pereira is a possibility I suppose in theory you could move Ashley Young into a front three role and play Dalla right back but I, just, I feel like feel that's too much upheaval up, yeah the back four have been solid yeah I think it'd be too much upheaval you could always play Sanchez and Lukaku up front and play a diamond in midfield we don't know Phil Jones is Injury. He's still on the injured list, yeah. but we don't know what to I'm not quite sure how serious that is. He could probably play... If you played a diamond, you'd probably put Jones at the base of midfield. Are there any youngsters you would call up? Maybe I'd, to I'd Chong? Call, you'd call, call up Chong to the mm. squad. To Greenwood's the squad. injured, I think, Greenwood, as well, isn't well, we he? Don't know, we also don't know the extent of his injury. If yeah. Greenwood isn't, in, isn't injured, definitely send him. Chong, go, I think, to be honest... James Garner's in with more of a shout because yeah. they're short. They're going to be short in um, midfield. So, with Ma- if Matic and Herrera 
are both out of They Pereira need another midfield. Yeah, they need another midfielder yeah, on the bench. Perhaps one spare midfielder. And if you play a diamond, you know, real if you played a diamond and played Pogba at the tip of it, McTominay, Pereira and Fred, then you've got no central midfielders. I feel like we need one of them tactics boards. On the bench. You know, like Sky Sports, not that anyone can see us. And we can do it like that. Move it around. It can be arranged, couldn't it? Yeah, it could. We've got the budget for a tactics board? Probably not. If you could <laughs> probably see, get a whiteboard instead. If you could see the state of this room, you'd guess yeah. that we definitely don't. <laughs> but that, there are big decisions to be made. and But I feel like it keeps getting said time and time. And again, it gives those players the chance to prove that they have got what it takes. And... They yeah. are good enough. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to sound like a broken record, but do you think this could be Fred's chance? Oh, I was going to say Sanchez. Yeah. I'll save that for another week. Chance one million. Sanchez keeps getting chances and the injuries are giving him another. You wouldn't exactly say he grabbed it with both hands yesterday, but he's uh, he's almost certainly going to get another chance. With Fred... Um, it feels like so long since I've actually seen him play. Like, yeah, well, it was 50 days, I think, on Sunday. Yeah, since he last featured. So it's now 51. And he had a goal ruled out against uh, Reading as well, I think didn't he? The, he, was, he was poor against Reading. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's not lasted over an hour for the last few starts he's made. And, you know, I, I did a piece this morning in, in my talking points and said that there was a lot of, there was a lot of comments about Fred when he didn't play when he wasn't on the team sheet and McTominay was about how it was the end of his United career almost and how it was a damning indictment of, uh, of of his abilities the fact that he wasn't in that team but you were never going to replace Matic with Fred in a game no, like he's that he's too attacking he's mind. more of an attacking yeah. midfielder and he struggled he struggled this season with the pace of the Premier League I would say in his first game so to throw him in in a defensive midfield role in a United Liverpool game would have been absolute madness so I don't and think McTominay played in some big, really big games. He played against Marino, Liverpool last year. Yeah. He played against started against Chelsea last yeah. year. He has played in big games. He's got the experience. So you, Fred was never going to play in that role. So I don't think, I don't think him not being not being involved yesterday was any kind of indication of what his long term future. But do you not think holds. it was more of a damning indictment that Pereira came on? And yeah, Fred, and Fred could, Fred could have done that role. That well, yeah, did. quite possibly. It, I mean that did take a bit of shine off the piece I might have already written (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think of that um, it's a good point but again I think the injury situation at that point and the fact they already made a couple of changes because Pereira's not been very good this season either no he's not he's been similar to Fred in that there's all this he was uh, Pereira was good in pre-season there was a lot of excitement getting the Brazilians in the team they played in that on the opening day against Leicester um attack-minded midfield everyone was really excited and then the chances that they've both had since then they've squandered and they've been pretty poor yeah they have but the the injuries I mean Pereira's had more football recently than Fred has so perhaps the fact that that was his second change already you'd you'd put you were putting on someone who'd already no that was your first change wasn't it I'm getting confused how many changes there was now yeah in which order Um, yeah, he, he could have come on and fulfilled that role, but Pereira perhaps provides a bit more solidity in that position. There were obviously already mounting problems because you knew about Rashford's injury, so there were already issues there. So I, I don't think it signals any kind of. I don't think we can draw any long term conclusions from Fred's United future from not being involved in that one game. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, if they did, 
So do play a diamond. If James Garner starts ahead of him on Wednesday, right, I'll give I you think, that one. I think we've got some big problems. You can write. You can write that piece. You can have that one. <laughs> that would be my post match. Yeah, so surely, that, surely that wouldn't happen. <laughs> it, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he played a diamond on against Palace. I could see him playing, or I can see him playing against Southampton next week. If they, even if they play three in midfield, say Matcha Herrera is still out, you could see Fred Pogba and say McTominay in the same midfield against a team like Southampton at Old Trafford you expect to dominate so the concern is though you need some maturity in your um, in your team and (laughs) you're right not yet we'll just start criticising each other's copy in the podcast that'd be a new way to go wouldn't it I don't think we should get into this game it's like in my own there I've meant to dig at me rather than you (laughs) moving on and if you're bringing in they're not that they're kids but you're looking round and you wrote the piece about there being different leaders on the pitch didn't you yeah. like Herrera Herrera's a leader and that's what he needs to look at when he's deciding who he's going to bring on it's ridiculous to think that Scott McTominay is a leader but mm. like you say he's been around the club for years and he's got a maturity about him Fre- like Fred who we've barely seen anything of yeah. new into the Premier League if you need someone with a sensible head on them you just can't imagine him being no. the one so you, you've got to get the right balance in, in the team especially with the injuries I think the thing with Fred is there has to be a hope that he will be better next season for his first season in the Premier League you do see it a lot with signings from you know from overseas and especially from leagues like Ukraine where you know the, the standard is very different in Shakhtar Donetsk they're going to dominate most I can't say I watch much Ukrainian Premier League action but I imagine Shakhtar Donetsk are dominating most games you know United are dominating a lot here but not as many as Shakhtar and the pace of the game is going to be a lot different so there's going to be things to adapt to so I think you have to hope that it's going to be better next season if we're sat here in a year's time still having this conversation to write him off isn't yeah. off, off the opportunities he's been given and it's just it would be unfair to write him off but you can see why the fans were would be alarmed that their 50 million Brazilian summer signing Absolutely, is yeah. not getting in the team against Liverpool and an academy kid who hasn't been given many minutes of football himself yeah. is getting in ahead of him. Mm. You still even with the injuries, you still optimistic going into Wednesday, both of you. <sighs> I, don't, I think it could be his first defeat. Yeah, uh, domestically in the, in the even. league. Yeah, yeah. And I'm quite aware they lost PSG. <laughs> um, yeah, I think if you get having to win, it would be a hell of a result. You don't know what you can get. You don't know what you can get with Palace, do you? I mean, when yeah. they're at home under the lights, they're like a different team, aren't they? Yeah, Seems- they're a little bit unpredictable, but I think they have been. In, they they have been in pretty good form of late. Zahar looks right back on it. So you know, I mean, it, I think it's a, I think it's a tough game there. Whatever the situation, I mean, they made it tough United last year and they had to you know United needed that last minute Matic goal to get a, a draw so I think it's going to be a really difficult game especially with the injuries I mean it's hard to say because we don't know the severity of a lot of those injuries so we are completely guessing yeah. yeah teams here so it might be that three of them are, are fit and Rashford well, said Lingard and Martial would be out for three weeks and they missed one game yeah, wasn't it exactly. well Martial's missed this weekend as well so we don't we don't exactly know what the situation's going to be but if you're missing Herrera and Matic and you are you say you're missing well, if you're missing all of those then you've got major problems the positive for United is that the back four has, has yeah. been so solid and they kept a clean sheet against what's supposed to be the most threatening attack force 
in the Premier League. So yeah. if they can do that, then there's no reason why they can't keep a clean sheet. Palace away is a very difficult Premier League game with a fully fit squad, never mind such a big injury crisis. So it's going to be another test for Solskjaer. I mean, it feels like we're saying that every week, but it is going to be. I think it's worth saying as well that, you know, he's had some incredible bad luck in his two biggest games as United manager. To lose five players in the first half combined against PSG and Liverpool is absolutely incredible. You know, he's had such, such bad luck in those big games. So, you know, maybe he deserves a bit of luck on on Wednesday in, in getting a result and just snatching a 1-0 or something like that. Yeah, we'll see. Charlotte's complaining about the heat in this room. I, I must like say it is really like warm. It might be a really good time to end the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's your lucky day because we are just about to end. Thank you for both of you to, for joining me. Quite right. Thank you. It was, um, we'll see what happens on Wednesday night. Team news as well. We'll all have on the Manchester Even News website. So thank you all for joining us on the Manchester is Red podcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe to us on Aircast or leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And we'll join you again later this week.